0: How do you define worship? Is it singing songs in church? Hi, my name is Aris Lawless, and welcome to Sage Talk. Now, worship, when entered into in the right spirit, is vibrant, alive, and life-giving. In today's episode, Al Henson and Paul Lawler are talking about this important subject in the life of a believer. They begin with a look at Isaiah chapter 6 and take us through a fascinating and life-changing discussion of what worship is and what it is not. Al and Paul have over 75 years of pastoring between them, and they have spent decades walking among the nations, ministering to the persecuted church and the least of these. Let's join them as they shepherd the hearts of faithful servants and Christian leaders in today's edition of Sage Talk.
1: Greetings, this is Paul Lawler, and I am with my co-host Al Henson, and this is Sage Talk.
2: It's great to be with you, Paul, and uh, every brother or sister that's listening in, welcome uh, as we have a conversation. I like to think of this as that we're having a conversation, Paul, you and I, with Jesus, with that brother or sister that's, uh, that uh, has tuned in, and so we thank you. We, we've we been uh, taking podcast after podcast and dealing with the general major subject of transformation, and some some might ask why. Um and Romans eight twenty nine says that God has purposed and determined even before the foundations of the earth that he wants us to be conformed uh, to the image or made into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And so this is preeminent in our lives, Paul, of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, and which we're were talking in terms of words that people can get their 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 hearts around and their their minds around and that is that literally we're walking down a grace highway Uh, we're no longer under the law romans 6 but we're under grace and grace has made all that jesus is unmerited but he's made all that jesus is available to all that we need and so if you need peace, there you have peace in Christ. If, if you need strength to overcome sin, you have the power of resurrection in Christ. If you need forgiveness, you have that in Christ. So grace is all that Jesus is, made available to all that I need as we journey down this grace highway uh, toward transformation. And we've been picking a subject or a practice that is uh, important. Last, uh, last podcast, we had a Confession. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about worship, and it's such an important uh, subject, an important part of how we not only please God and honor God, but transformation taking place in worship.
1: Absolutely. And and now, as we engage in this this conversation, there's so many things uh, that make worship, when entered into in the right spirit, uh, vibrant, alive, and life-giving. And so... I'd like to begin our conversation in this way around this topic.
2: We become like what we behold. Wow. I, I, you need to say, say that again, Paul. We become like what we behold. Give us, give us something in the, in the Bible and the scriptures that really verifies that we become like what, what we, we behold. behold. You know, the scriptures say
1: in Psalm 22.3, God inhabits the praises of Israel. Mm. He inhabits the praises of his people. Mm. And as God, uh, as we praise him, worship him, magnify him, the pattern or principle illustrated out of that passage is uh, something supernatural uh, is stirred, the revelation of God, the presence of God. And and Al, I know many times this has been true in your life, mine, many probably many of the lives of the of our listeners. But when I've been worshiping God privately or uh, in a corporate setting, that uh, the light of God, the revelation of God, maybe a something from Scripture will be magnified in my spirit, and I realize that that as I'm worshiping God and magnifying God, that there's a communion Mm. taking place with the divine. And in that communion, that there is revelation and light. Now, I think one of the ways, and there are many ways to illustrate this, but one of the ways of illustrating this is when we get the opportunities of peering into heaven, and we see some opportunities in Isaiah 6, we see that in Ezekiel, we see that in Revelation 4, but let's lift out the Isaiah passage for just a moment. Isaiah where, 6. Isaiah 6, mm. exactly. Where the cherubim, seraphim are before the throne of God. And we're aware this is happening again when we see into heaven in Revelation 4. But we see these angelic beings expressing, holy, holy, mm. holy is the Lord God Almighty. And, and we see this is being repeated over and over again. And over again. Now, on the surface, we can read something like this and peer into the heavenly realm and go: Is 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 that all that's happening around the throne of God? Is that redundant? Does that not get old? But loved ones, we would submit to you to consider that our God is infinite, and that our greatest satisfaction is found in Him. And so, as these angelic beings are praising God and expressing "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty," what's happening is that they are experiencing an ever-increasing and deepening revelation of God as God inhabits the
2: praises that are being expressed it's, around the it's throne. A, it's interesting, Paul. Uh, I was just a verse came to my heart in Psalm sixteen, eleven. David is coming to the end of his life, and he's summing up some things. And in Psalm sixteen eleven, he says, "In His presence," and that Psalm twenty two three that you said, it's it's praise, it's worship at the heart level yes. that brings us into the presence of God. And David said, and he's he's coming to to some conclusions. In His presence, I have found the fullness of joy.
1: And as you share that, I'll think about these angelic beings. Mm that the more they worship and praise the more this all creative god who is infinite fills their being hmm. with his presence and revelation and light only the more they praise the more this infinite all creative all powerful majestic god fills their being with revelation and light and we're it's talking perpetual. about perpetual
2: we're talking about transformation so actually they they're getting into the presence of the transformer that's right <laughs> that exactly. he transforms them as they are in his presence.
1: Yes. And so think about this, even as we worship with phrases like kingdom come, will of God be done on earth, which is another way of saying let what's up there come down here. That when we're engaged in worship, we're in synergy with what's happening in heaven, and God, based upon this passage in Psalm, the Psalms, is pouring out transformative Mm. power because it is himself that's indwelling believers
2: i'm thinking of paul in philippians 3 that said uh, you know he was religious and he was trying to to move up in in the church in the church scene we might say and then ultimately when he meets christ on the Damascus road he says i count all of that all of my efforts but dung that I might know him that I might know him, and what you've just been sharing it's actually in the presence of God that light comes and revelation comes and transforming comes, and we really really uh, get to to know him uh, there in his presence to 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 feel and experience his love and isaiah was 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 doing that, and it's interesting that not only is is confession then Isaiah has a time of confession but he also has this time of yieldedness and surrender and says he cries out to this holy God. He hears the heart of God for Israel, and he says, here am I. Send me. So as we talk about worship today, I'm going to back us back up. I, I can tell you're excited about this one, Paul, and I'm glad you should be, You and you listening should be, uh, because we know what it's like. The joy of being in the presence of God and living and walking in the presence of God Let's back up a moment and try to uh, help our listener along. Let's talk about, let's define worship. Uh, we've, we're, we've, uh, I hope we've got you excited about wanting to know and to experience worship and to worship God, but let's talk about what it is and what it's not, Paul. It's to start that conversation.
1: That, that's, that's a great question. You know, uh, from a theological standpoint, it really is ascribing worth to the Creator, of the heavens and the earth, every star, every galaxy, billions of stars, billions of galaxies, but also the one who has redeemed us through his gospel, but to ascribe him worth not just out of head knowledge, Mm -hmm. not just out of awareness of who he is, but out of heart experience and love for who he is with yeah. awakened affection. Sometimes
2: the best way to understand something is to understand somewhat of what it's not or what it's just not. When you talk about worship from the heart level, I think that a lot of people think worship is, is only when we sing, uh, when we sing a song. Uh, and so I uh, I've even hear people constantly saying, okay, we, we, we were just obeying God, and now we're gonna, we're gonna go in and sing, now we're gonna go worship God. And where actually worship is, is is every moment of every day. Romans twelve one and two. Keep every, going. Every attitude, every action, either worships God or dishonors God. Uh, worship is a matter of honoring, and and so worship is is every every moment of every day. But it, and it starts at 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 the heart level, um, and and in in America, and we've. Uh, because I work among the nations a lot, we have piped this out of America. And wherever I go around the world, all I, all I hear people thinking is, uh, let's start singing so we can worship God. And I'm thinking, no, we were just having a conversation about Jesus, and I suspect that worshiped God also. Uh, or the way I eat my food or not eat my food, either worships God and honors God. So worship is is coming from the heart. Uh, and it's everything that we do. Let's 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 settle there for a moment to trying to define worship. Let's define worship at the heart level, Paul, for just for for a moment. Talk about, let's talk about that. Yeah.
1: I think I think that for the heart level of worship to be awakened, it must be rooted in devotion. And and this is an awkward metaphor, but but I know that love for my wife is awakened and deepened. Through acts of devotion, and and that is that it, when I'm kind, even when I don't feel like it, if I'm kind, if I, I I'm sacrificial in the way that I love my wife, it awakens my and stirs my affections for her. Yeah,
2: you know, this is what I hear you saying, Paul, is that uh, as a baby is born and a child is born, we begin to as we begin to grow, we begin to establish inside of us at a deep level what's really valuable. And uh, the prince of this world and and all worldliness causes us to value uh, money, uh, to value properties, to value pleasure, uh, to value titles, to value power and positions. And that's what we're trained to value. Mm -hmm. And, And actually worship at the heart level comes when slowly those values we begin to understand they're they're not of great value and what actually is a value is it's not just that god is a value but the ways of god and the things of god and and the things that god has created we love and relationships and the ability to love each other and care for one another and and enjoy god and enjoy one another these are the things that that are really really uh, valuable um that said so well
1: and and, and- part of what fuels that or what fuels that is the revelation of god through scripture wed with the power of the holy spirit operating in the life of a of a believer um and, and because if if i'm i i need to get if i'm going to get warmed in affection for christ i need to get near the flame so this goes and,
2: back to the statement what we uh we become what we behold yes, and yes. so most naturally in human beings, because we see only with our physical eyes, what we are beholding is what we're seeing day by day. And parents, you need to really listen to this. uh, Then we would ask ourselves, even as parents, how do we uh, shepherd our children into the presence of God? Pastors, listen, how do we shepherd our people through the Word of God and through Oh, music and all, how do we shepherd, our real goal is not to have a beautiful sounding music. Our real goal is not to have this great orator standing to preach. All of those things, nothing wrong with any of that, but all of those are the main purpose is to bring us in yeah. to the presence of God, mm-hmm. because in His presence then we find the fullness of joy, but in His presence we get to know Him, mm-hmm. values begin to change, and we our love and affections uh, be- yes. begin to change. Yes. And, and this is what worship does and accomplishes. That's, that's
1: so well said. And, and now I want to bring up something that uh, I've observed um, both in my own experience and the experience of others related to, to worship. And I think it was so good for us to take some time to define what worship is. Uh, and that is uh, there are times where as believers, and it's happened to me before as well, we can get in a... Uh, Shall we say a bad mood, Mm -hmm. or our circumstances are particularly challenging for a season, and in our own mind and heart, uh, some people would call it getting in a funk or a cloud, Um, and then it affects our worship negatively. Mm -hmm. And, And I'm not merely referring to Sunday gatherings for worship; I mean our heart worship for. Uh, for God, and uh, I've got a few things I want to say about that, but I want to yeah, ask I th- you first. I was
2: thinking as you were talking about that, I, I, I'm going to go there uh, with our listeners. I'm going to go there. Is that uh, I just make a statement of observation uh, that m- much of what we call worship in our churches in America is only soulish. Now we're body, we're soul, and we're spirit. True worship. Has its its it, its foundation in the spirit, and in the spirit, then that that affects uh, our uh, emotions, and which can affect our, our physical physical. So, when we're when in in our spirit, when we value God, uh, it's the way. How can we value him for how much? But we have this awe of God, this value of God in our spirit. Then that can affect our emotions. We can be weeping, we can be crying, we can be celebrating. We can. Uh, but if we only see worship as soulish, then as you were saying, emotions can 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 affect that. And I've actually seen uh, skilled worship uh, quote leaders. I don't want to call them worship leaders, but leaders get a crowd into a, a soulish. What I would call a soulish. Uh, frenzy, and they really think they have experienced God, but they have not. And again, I'm not saying that we don't worship God out of our soul, that we worship God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind uh, in the Scriptures, but that originates in the Spirit based upon truth and values and what you love and your affection in the Spirit, then that pours out in the soul. And then, yeah, it, it, it may affect you even physically. What you say, you're lifting your hands. You, you find David dancing in the streets, and I'm not opposed to any of that. But if we think just because we get excited and start dancing, that's worship. It can be very soulless, it can be very natural, yeah. very even carnal, yeah. but true worship starts in the Spirit. the and, spirit.
1: Yeah, that's so well said. And that, and related to that, I I I have found at times, uh, and this this probably goes back when I was in my thirties, and, and 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 if I'm honest, probably early forties as well. I'm in my, my late fifties now, but I I I am mindful based on Scripture: is God worthy of worship? Based upon my mood,
2: mm-hmm.
1: He's worthy to be worshipped and adored because He is God.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whether I feel it or I don't feel it mm-hmm. and and what i've what I've learned through the years is when I am in a place, what sometimes the mystics call the dark night of the soul, when I'm in that place to to go ahead and worship God, choose to worship God because he's worthy to be praised and adored. now, I will also say that there have been many times, not every time but many times when we have I've pressed into the worship and magnification of God when I am in a crisis or a circumstance that's very challenging that that has been a part of the catalyst for mm-hmm. breakthrough of revelation or understanding or wisdom in terms of next right steps uh, as God would lead as I begin to praise him in my circumstance. I think about David at Ziklag. Mm-hmm. David uh, leads his army uh, out. They come back. All the women and children have been taken. Uh, I don't remember if it was the Philistines or I can't remember which army that was right now. One of our listeners can let us send us an email and remind me. But I, but I, you may remember that what David did in that moment was so counterintuitive. He goes off by himself and he worships, mm-hmm. and as he communes with God which is completely counterintuitive. His whole army hates him. All their wives and children have been lost. And here David is, who is their leader, their military strategist, and he's off in a corner worshiping, for crying out loud. And when he worships in this negative circumstance, God begins to speak to him because he gets in synergy with the heart of God, the, revel- the the heavenly realm. And as he does, God begins to speak to him and gives him wisdom and leading and light for next steps. And they end up, as you know the story, regaining their wives, their children. Mm-hmm. Everything's restored to them. And back plus to some. the
2: Isaiah 6 passage, that the same with Isaiah. I have many young people come to me and say, I just wish I had some clarity on what God wants me to do. And I say to them, get in the presence of God. Because in the presence of God, not only will transformation take place, but it's in there, and it's just important to hear what I'm about to say. It's there that you'll hear the heart of God. The callings of God do not come out of the, the, the mind of God. They come out of the heart of God. Uh, because God is moved by love, and love moves him into wisdom. Uh, but God has moved. God is love, and He's moved by love. And so, the callings of God upon my life uh, to be a pastor was because He loved people and knew they needed a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And He He saw sheep that were scattered, uh, and He saw so so many false things that were being taught, uh, and people hurting and needing to be a shepherd and loved. And that came out of the heart of God. And now I'm I'm with compassionate hope. And we're ministering in Southeast Asia to, to the least of these, rescuing the vulnerable ones, the the trafficked ones, the OSEC children. And and that calling did not come out just the mind of God. It came out of the heart of God as I was in the presence of God and I saw God weeping over these children and he had a he, he had a way for them, the way of the gospel, the way of love for them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you you'll find you'll find this true if you young person if you want guidance, get into the presence of God, and and there you'll find the heart of God and and God will give you clarity and, and lead and guide your life there.
1: You know when you share that Al, it illustrates worship builds faith as mm-hmm. well. There's, it, it when we worship, come into the presence of God. There's the will of God, the way of God, and the example you just shared not only have. Thousands upon thousands of lives been touched through compassionate hope to the example you just gave, but but out of the presence of God, the faith to move forward to trust Him yeah. to move in these ways yeah, let, as well, perpetuating. Uh, you
2: know, uh, so much to talk about, but uh, sage points. Well, we become like what we behold. I think that's the number one thing we want you to pull out today: is you become by what you behold. Secondly then, with the heart, at the heart level, at the spirit level, when you worship, you get the opportunity to be in the presence of God and there you behold God. And that's where illumination comes and revelation comes by the spirit and the word of God and you know more of God and of you and of life and all of those things. So point one, we, be, we become what we behold. Second, we get into the presence of God and there we behold him. And if we behold him, then we begin slowly to be transformed mm. into his image.
1: I think another sage point, too, is the worship of God is not based upon our mood or mm. our circumstances. And David illustrated that well when he was in the worst of circumstances and chose to worship God and magnify him. Mm. And God brought light and transformation and in that circumstance. And I
2: think a final sage point is that uh, worship is either – Worship is every moment mm. of every day, and uh, either we are worshiping God or we're not. And so the simplest act of washing someone's feet is a sweet act of worship to God. The giving of a gift uh, is an act of worship, the singing of a song, the act of obedience. The, the even, even if we have sinned, which didn't worship God, and we repent and we confess our sin, that is an act of worship. Repentance is an act of worship to God. Paul, would you close us out and prayer? It would
1: be an honor. Let, let's pray together. Father, we recognize there is nothing higher than you. If there were, you would have an idol. But there is nothing mm. higher than you. Mm. And so, God, we pray for every listener today. Lord, ignite fresh, life-giving understandings of worship, the transformation that comes as we magnify you, as you inhabit our praises, as we become like the one we behold. God, ignite worship in us that's rooted not in our moods and circumstances, but in a way that transcends all temporal earthly reality, whereby we do indeed join the heavenly realm in bringing to you eternal praise and glory. And we pray it in the strong and eternal name of Jesus.
0: As Alan Paul mentioned in today's Sage Points, we become like what we behold. So my question today is, what are you beholding and what are you becoming? It's not too late to turn your eyes upon Jesus so we can bring you into his presence and the true meaning of worship. It's our prayer that God use this episode of Sage Talk to speak to your heart. And if our podcast has spoken to you, we would love to hear from you. You can send Alan Paul an email at info at sagetalkpodcast.com. Next week, Alan Paul will be back with the start of a two-part series on suffering. This is such a relevant topic for every believer, and you don't want to miss it. Come back soon and join us on Sage Talk for another time of spiritual shepherding, heart-to-heart, and life-to-life.